Welcome to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Welcome to Rivers of Living Water. We appreciate you coming and being a part of our talk show today. The Jewish and Christian account of creation is the only true account that can be verified by scientific methods. This may seem strange to you, but I think before our meeting is over, it'll be something that you will uh, maybe realize for the first time. So we want to get right into our talk today about uh, in the beginning, God created. It's a lot of gods and a lot of things talking about creation, but we want to talk about the true creation from the true and living God. The Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a statement that is very simple and yet very sublime, very revealing. In the beginning, in the beginning of time, God created the true and living God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. But we might ask ourselves, well, there's a lot of different versions of creation. So how did God create? How did this true and living God that the Jews and the Christians talk about create? The Bible's very clear in this. I'll read the verses and discuss them for the next few moments. It says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So it was the Spirit of God that moved upon the face of the waters that changed everything. This didn't just happen. This was designed by the true and living God. Next verse, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. We look at the evening and the morning as being day one. This is the first thing that God did. As we go down through this, these Bible verses, we'll see that there is a system that one follows the other and one builds upon the other. The first day God created light or the energy to do the different things that he'll be doing later. He created light. We all need light, don't we? So now the, the world is not in total darkness, but it is in the light. The next thing, God said, let there be a firmament in the heaven 
in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the ferment and divided the waters which were under the ferment from the waters which were above the ferment. And so it was. God called the ferment heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. So next we have the atmosphere. That's what the ferment is. We have uh, water below and we have water above this atmosphere. And so the earth is in somewhat of what we would call a, an ice canopy. The water above would be water crystals. So we see that God has has done that. And then in the next one, God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together one place and let the land appear. And it was so. God called the land earth and the gathering together the waters. He called seas and God saw that it was good. God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. This is the third day, you notice, after he has the earth prepared, then he puts plant life on it. And as we go down through this, we'll find out that this was not over millions of years. This was one following the other. And uh, at the least, it took seven literal days. At the most, not much more than that. But the evening and the morning that is talking about, the evening is when nothing of this kind existed. The morning is when it broke forth and did exist. So we notice also in, in this uh, account that God is speaking things into existence that never were there before. I talked to a, a group at the University of Minnesota one time, and I told them, I don't know about your God, Maybe he can't do this, but my God can, and he did. And this is exactly what God did. He spoke everything into being that previously was not there. <clears throat> and then it says, God said, Let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, days, years, and let them be for lights in the firm of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser night to rule the night, and he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heavens to make, to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now this is very significant. The sun and the moon and the stars 
were not made until the fourth day of God's creation. One person asked me, would you mind telling us dumb people how the, uh, there was light before the sun, moon, and the stars came into existence? My answer was, if God can create the sun, moon, and stars like that, it shouldn't be any problem with him to have the light before this. But this is what God did on the fourth day. So the plants need light, don't they, in order to have photosynthesis. And so we see that this had to be pretty quick or the plants would have not been able to grow. And then it goes, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life and fowl that that fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, um, which the waters bring forth abundantly after their kind and every wing file after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, the waters in the sea, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So uh, he created at this time, created the fish and the birds. And this was done at one time as well. All of these were not planted seeds or uh, an egg from somewhere that become a a bird or a fish, but these were instantly brought into being full-grown. So we see that these creatures immediately started swimming in the water, started flying in the air, and so now we have birds and fish, but we don't have the land animals yet. So we have the next one. God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping things, beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, cattle after his kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was It was good. Everything that God makes is good. And we notice time after time in this account, it says it was good. It was good. God makes everything good. And then we we see the crowning creation of God is man. God said, next verse, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them and and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply Replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over everything that that lives upon the earth. And God said, Bless 
Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed. And it goes on and shows what God has given people to eat. And we find that. And, and this is the end of the sixth day. So we notice one thing in all of this. That it says, after his kind. So God created every species that would be after his kind. Um, we notice here that this is very close to what we know as far as uh, uh, everything is concerned um, that we have today. And we're coming up on a break here. And uh, so we're getting ready for the break. My name is Howard Eugene Wright. And you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. And we'll talk to you again in just a moment. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Welcome back. Appreciate you staying with us. We have uh, the next chapter that we're going to. We'll discuss that somewhat. And in the next segment, we're going to give you the opportunity to ask questions and to make comments. And so at at this, uh, appreciate you staying with us and So let's go into our next uh, study, the second chapter of of Genesis. I trust that you'll bring your Bibles with you when you come, because a lot of what we're going to talk about in our rivers of living water is straight from the Word of God. In the second chapter, we find at the very beginning that God rests on the seventh day, and when we think about resting on the seventh day, that means that God quit doing his basic creating. The creation is all done exactly the way God wanted it to do. He did some fi- some final touch-ups at the end of it on the seventh day, and then he took a break. He rests. That doesn't mean that God is resting today. There is a lot of things that God is doing. As a matter of fact, if if God wasn't doing, uh, keeping this world together, it would fall apart in an instant. But we know that he rested from his creation. And it, at that time, he said, it is very good. When God says something is very good, that means that it is excellent. It's perfect. God created a perfect creation. There was no flaws in it anywhere. And we'll talk about this a little later as well. But let's, then it, it goes here in verse four of this chapter. It says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord made the earth and the heavens. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground, 
And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Some people think that this is two different uh, creation accounts, but really it isn't. This is uh, talking about how that God made man and gives us a little more detail on just exactly how he created the animal kingdom. And so we we see that uh, a mist went up on the earth. It hadn't rained. What would this indicate? This would indicate that we had a greenhouse effect upon the earth before the flood. And we'll talk about the flood later on probably. But this was a greenhouse effect. And another thing we might think about uh, when we think about the sun and the moon and the stars being put in the firmament, that doesn't necessarily mean our atmosphere. It isn't our atmosphere. We know that the sun, moon, and stars are, uh, the moon is over 200,000 miles from us, and we know the stars are light years from us, and and the sun is uh, 93 million on an average uh, miles from us. So we know that, that there must be more than just our atmosphere. And we realize this is the way it is. We have our atmosphere, that's heaven, but then beyond that are the uh, sun, moon, and stars, and then beyond that is where God lives. But God just doesn't sit there on his throne and not be interested in us. He's very much interested in us today. But we we see that God planted a garden in the, he called it Eden, Garden of Eden. And uh, we hear about the garden. We sometimes wonder where it is. And from all indications, it's probably up in Turkey somewhere at the beginning of the Tigers and Euphrates rivers. And because of the flood, is the land area is not exactly the way that it was. So we, we can't uh, exactly uh, piece it together. But we can come up with a pretty good idea. And the Garden of Eden, no doubt, is up around the area of the Black Sea. And that uh, may be a little below it. But it was a real place. The Garden of Eden is not a myth. It was a real place. Man was not just a myth. God made man. And we'll find out later how he made the woman. He took the woman... Uh, he made the woman with uh, a rib from Adam. And we might ask ourselves, well, why a rib? You know, God wants man and women to be uh, close to each other's heart. And so he took out a rib. He could have taken a f- from a foot or somewhere else, but the Lord took a rib out of Adam. He put him to sleep. That was the first uh, anesthesia. And and God did it. Isn't that amazing that uh, we find God putting Adam asleep, took the rib out, put the flesh back together, as we'll find here. The uh, And what did he do? He made a woman out of that, out of that rib. You think, well, that seems strange. How could God do that? Well, can't you take a piece of clay and make pretty much what you want to out of it? that I don't think you could breathe into it and it would live. But God is alive, and he brought life 
into everything. And so we can, we can uh, know that this is not a myth either. This is a real thing that happened. So we have the, the, um, all these being created. It's not a second creation. It's, it's talking about man at this time. So we, we find that God created Adam and Eve. And then what did he do? He put them in a garden. He put them in the Garden of Eden. Now, this garden had everything in it that was necessary. At that time, the, we didn't have hot and cold and uh, wasn't freezing at night and a greenhouse effect. Everything, the temperature was the same all over the earth and uh, a lot different than what it is today. But we'll... So we have him doing this, and and the woman is brought to the man, and and the man says, now the Bible doesn't exactly say this, but this is what it means. It says, wow, God, you did a great thing. I think I'll call her woman because she was taken from me. Um, the last verse, it next to the last verse, it says, therefore a man should leave his father and his mother, and should cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. He he took the man and the woman and said they should leave their father and their mother. Well, at that time, there wasn't any father and mother. They were the first ones. But this is a commentary on the reason why that people need to leave their father and their mother and cleave to their wife or hold on to their wife. Uh, the wife should do the same. And so God started the first family with, with Adam and Eve. And it wasn't too long, we realized, before they had children. Children is the thing that we want to have, uh, in a family, that's the natural thing, is to have children. God made it that way. And when you have loving parents that have children, and those children are trained up in the way of the Lord, you have a stable society. And uh, this is the way it is with us. We need to realize that God has created a husband and a wife team that work together. You know, the family is the basic unit of any society. As the family goes, so goes the society. If the family falls apart, then society falls apart. We see so much of this today when we have over 50% divorce and a lot of people don't even bother to get married, you know, we we see the family uh, has fallen apart and because of that, our society is not at its best. But the beautiful thing about God is that it can always get better and the worst can be turned around and the worst situation can be made the best situation. 
we find here that the man and his wife were naked and they were not ashamed. Now, we don't believe in this today. We don't want uh, men and women to uh, to be naked running around, do we? We we know the reason why for that. But at this time, that's the way it was. And so we, we see that uh, this is what God is doing for us, is uh, showing us exactly what should be and not necessarily what is. This is the standard that God has put for us as far as families are concerned. God provides all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We are now coming upon a, our second break, and and uh, when we return, we're going to open up the the um, phones for you to call in and and uh, ask your questions. This is I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thanks for staying with us. We are now going to open up our lines for you to ask questions and give comments. And and so the the number is 888-GO-FOR-IT, 888-4. Four six three six seven four eight. Again, triple eight. Go for it. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You're invited to ask questions, give comments. So this segment we're opening up for you, and we'll do our best to answer your questions or. Listen to your comments and, and, uh, uh, one thing I'd like for you to, uh, realize that this is not a show where we, uh, advertise everything under the sun. We have a, a thing here now that we are doing. We have, um, in the beginning God created and this is what we want to talk about today. Um, I had a little, saying, this is not a squawk show, this is a talk show. And uh, I hope you understand what I mean by that. So you're just uh, more than welcome to uh, join us. And uh, while you're not, while we're waiting for you, we'll talk about a few things more on creation. And uh, so... Let's kind of think about some of the things. How important is this? How important is it that we know about creation? Some people will say, well, I don't care where I came from or how I got here. I'm just thinking about today. I'm thinking about right now, uh, how I can get through my work today. 
how I can raise my family, how I can do this and how I can do that. But you know, creation, who created or how we got created, how we got here, has a lot to do as far as why, how are we going to raise our family? How are we going to work in our workplace? What are we going to do with our neighbor? Is there a God that really cares? Uh, did God create this universe just for it to fall apart? Or did he create it for a purpose? Does God have a plan for all of this? A plan for man? A plan for the animals? And if we don't know what the plan is, if we don't know uh, who it was that created us, or if we even were created at all, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can't see God, I can't smell God, I can't taste God, I can't see with any of my visual eyes or anything else, so how do you know there's a God anyway? Creation is a sure way of seeing that there is a God. I've had some studies in science. As a matter of fact, I've had quite a few studies in science. And one thing I know is that energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just goes from one level to the other, you know. And so there's no way that what we have today could bring into being what we, what we see all around us. It would never happen. Because there's also the second law of thermodynamics, which tells us that everything runs down rather than runs up. And we see that all the time. We see rivers running downstream. They don't run upstream. Well, they might if it's kind of ciphered up once in a while. But for the most part, uh, the basic way is water runs down. We don't see leaves on trees flying back up on the, le- on the tree. We see the leaves coming down. Our bodies, we, we see them. They don't get better. They get they begin to start deteriorating. The moment that we are born, we start dying and uh, things like this. And we might ask ourselves, well, how did death come into being? If God created a perfect earth, then how was it that we have death everywhere? We have destruction everywhere. Well, we'll talk about this later on. There is an answer for this question. And you might be surprised what that answer is. But why do, why do we have these things? Why did God create everything like he did? And we might ask ourselves, well, it looks like that God made a big mistake here because we see so much crime, we see so much of this and that going on. So why did God create this in the first place? And if God is so good, Why does he allow all these bad things to happen? You've heard that over and over again, no doubt. And there is an answer for all of that. And we're going to get into this, and this is going to open up for us the rivers of living water that we're talking about. But we got to get to the basics. we got to see, did God create? Yes, he did. That we know for sure. Because the creation is a witness to God. We, we talk about God as being three in one. And people say, well, we've got three gods. No, we don't have three gods. We only have one God. But he's in three persons. How can that be? Well, think about space. 
Space is length, breadth, and height. But we have one space. We don't have a bunch of spaces. We just have one space, don't we? Length, breadth, and height, three of them. Take any one of those out, and you don't have space anymore. How about us? We're body, soul, and spirit. And if you take any of that out, you wouldn't have man again. And on and on it goes. You see, creation reveals God. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that it even reveals his Godhead or his Trinity that I'm talking about right now. It reveals it. God is revealed through creation. So when we see a flower, we see God. When we see the trees, when we see people, we see God. And another thing about it is that man was created in God's image and likeness. Now, what are we talking about? The Bible tells us that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if God's a spirit, it must be that what is created in his likeness is our spirit. Our spirit is created in God's likeness. That is what makes us different from the animals. We're, we have something in common with the animals. We, you know, we walk with, with, uh, two legs. We, we see with eyes. We hear with ears. Uh, we taste with a tongue and so on and so forth. We have a lot of things in common with the animals, but we've never seen an animal that's worshiping anything. And one of the basic differences between us and the animals is that we worship. We'll worship something. We'll have to find something to worship because there's something inside of us that wants to worship. We want to find something bigger than us that we can worship. And God has provided for us a way that we can do this in his way. You see, God created everything to bring honor and glory to him. He, he created it that we would see his glory, we would see his power, we would see his love. Why did God cause animals to be camouflaged, for example? It was because of God's love. It was his protective love. Most of us, you know, people, what do we see? As people, um, we look at the, the female, don't we? And she's the most beautiful one. But you look at a bird, and a bird, the female is kind of drab, and the male is the beautiful one. Now, why is that? The female has to settle on her eggs. And so she has to be camouflaged from... Uh, Maybe a cat that climbs up the tree to get the bird, you know. She has to be camouflaged. So God uh, camouflages animals because of that. Everything in God's creation at the beginning was good, as we said. But we'll talk about sin coming into the world, and that's what messed things up. We'll talk about this later. Uh, we are now ha- taking calls. 
The phone number is 888-GO-FOR-IT for uh, 888-463-6748. If you would like to get in on a conversation today, we would invite you to do so. So uh, feel free to just call us and be a part of this program that we are running I don't want to be a one-man show here. We want you to get involved. We want you to tell what you think. We, we want to talk about it. We want to uh, discuss it. And like I said before, I'll do my best to answer the questions. And so we, we have time for a person yet to call. So be sure and call 888 463 Six seven four eight. You're at uh, to talk on rivers of living water, and we're uh, inviting you to do this. God did everything in an orderly way, and He's given us the ability to do things in an orderly way as well. The first chapter of Genesis gives the order that God did things. And as I said previously, he did this to one on top of the other. Now, the creeping things are the insects and the snakes, things like that. We know that trees have to be pollinated by insects or they don't, they don't reproduce themselves, you see. And so we have Honeybees, for example, that, that do things like this. And there's, there's different kinds of insects that have to be there in order for the, the plant, the tree to reproduce itself. There's a cooperative thing there. And so we, we see that the earth was not created billions of years ago. If you go through the chronology in the Bible, you'll find that it was something like 4,000 years B.C., give or take a few, that God did all of this. Now, like I said before, your God may not be able to do this, but my God is able to do this. Okay, we're ready for a break. We'll come back to this. So after our break, uh, I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water. I trust that you have learned some things, that you have enjoyed what you've been hearing. And uh, we do have the phone open at 888-GO-FOR-IT, 888-463-6748. Uh, be the first one 
to be on a program that could be really a wonderful thing, not only for you, but for your family, your friends, and everyone else. And how about being the first? You know, it's always exciting being the first of things. And we are more than open to you. We're not going to uh, uh, jump on you if you say something a little different than what we believe. We're just going to talk about it and things like that. And so come and, and be with us. You're sure welcome to do so. That number again is triple eight. Go for it. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight to talk to on rivers of living water. Now we've been talking about God creating. You notice that in God creating anything, he doesn't do it just for himself. He does expect us to worship him, to praise him, to lift him up. But that's not just for us. I mean, that's not just for him, but it is for us as well. And so you're more than welcome to join us and to talk with us about this subject. I could bring out many more things, but I'd like to hear from you if if you would like to call, you most certainly are, can do so. If you ever thought about a God that's so big that could create things by just speaking them into being, that's beyond our imagination, isn't it? You know, if God was so little that we could put him in a test tube, and we could analyze him and things like that, then we would realize that he was not big enough to take care of our problems. But we have a great, big, wonderful God that did create all things that we see. He created things that we didn't see, we don't see either. He created the angels. He created things that we haven't seen yet. Our scientists are beginning to find things way out there in space, billions and billions of light years away. The light year is the distance that we go at the speed of light, 186,000 miles a second for a whole year. That turns out to be trillions of miles. And you think about a planet that's so small in comparison to that. And we're sitting upon this planet, looking out with our telescopes, looking out and seeing all of these things out there, and we're in wonderment. We wonder, why is all those things out there? The Bible tells us that eye has not seen, nor the ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the thing that God has prepared for those that love him. And when we love God, when we realize that this God that created all of these things, he didn't just leave it out there to 
keep going and keep moving and and keep working and and he goes on a vacation. He's very much interested in each and every one of us. If you were the only one, if I were the only one on this planet, he would think just as much as us. We have over seven billion people on this planet today. And I want you to know that God knows where you're at. He knows your problem. He knows your burden. He knows how to take care of it. He has the answer. He is the answer. And you can find hope and trust. You can find answers to your problems. You can find solutions to your needs in in the Lord, in God, who is right here with us. He's not with us in a way that we can see him as we've been talking about, but we can experience him in our hearts and in our lives. There is an assurance, and it's not just a delusion. It's something that changes and transforms our lives, and this is what the rivers of living water are all about. It's taking what God has given us and the Holy Spirit brings to us. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings from God to us. And he talks to our spirit. Once in a while, people do hear a voice from God, but very seldom does that happen. It's a rare occasion. Sometimes they might see an image, but that is very seldom as well. We read in the Bible where that these things do happen from time to time, but the chance of that happening to you and to me are very remote and probably won't happen. But you can know that God lives because he lives in your heart. He lives with you. The Holy Spirit comes into your life when you repent of your sins and uh, let Jesus be your Savior. And we'll talk more about this. Maybe you don't understand exactly what I'm saying now. Maybe you do. But I want you to know that that the God that created us, the God that created everything, is not a mean vindictive God. He loves us very much. He has our best interest in mind. And to praise and honor him is the greatest thing that we can do in life. Isn't it good to know today that this creator God, this God that is eternal, God has always existed. Now, people don't understand that. How could God exist forever? He does and he is right now. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He doesn't change his standards. He doesn't change his ways. He is the same at all times. And so we can trust him. How would you feel if one day you walked out and you got to floating because gravity didn't work that day? And the next day you walk out and you can hardly move because gravity was so powerful that it just almost crashed you into the ground. But we know that gravity is a solid thing. 
Well, God is like that. God is constant. God is there. He's there for you just now. And you can know him in a true and personal way. The rivers of living water can flow out from you, can flow into you. You can have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. It is a great thing that we have. We're coming to the end of rivers of living water at this time. I hope that you have enjoyed the discussion and that I have been a help and an encouragement to you. And uh, be blessed today and may you come. Think about coming back next week where we'll be talking about the mythology of evolutionists. And so until next week, this is Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. <laughs>